So what was the theme of that video? You can say it out loud. Seize the day. Thank you. I'm glad you got it. Even if you couldn't see it from the light coming in, you could hear it. Um, another word for seize the day or expression to me um, is live in the moment. And so that's what I was going to talk about. And then I thought of the phrase seize the day as well to find something. And it's like, ah, that was perfect. Um, so whichever one um, hits you better, seize the day or live in the moment, that's kind of the theme of the morning. And that is something that I have really desperately wanted to do through my life, is to really be able to live in the moment. And finally, I think I'm a little closer to actually being able to do it. So I want to pass along what I've learned in the last few months and encourage all of us to try to do that a little more, um, regardless of where that moment is spent. Um, not only in the good, but in the bad. Um, I even heard these words yesterday in a movie that I watched. And of course, you know, when you're going to talk about something, everything relates to it. And one of the characters said, come on, be reckless, live for the moment. And then another time they said, whatever happens tomorrow, we have today. And of course, I have a passage in the Bible that matches um, this idea. And it's one of the hardest things for me to do. There's a lot of hard things that Jesus tells me to do that are hard that I can only do with him. It's from Matthew 6:34. It's from the message. And it says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You might know that verse as, do not worry about tomorrow Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's a little negative for me, trouble and worry. It's like, ah, so um, that's a yikes kind of translation for me, so I like the other one. Um, The last three months, there have been a series of events in my life, in our families, exactly to the date today, three months ago it began. Um, I got on-the-job training for living in the moment, no matter where that moment might take me or the circumstances surrounding it. For those of you who don't know, my two daughters were due to deliver their baby boys within one month of each other, Kate on January 21st, Megan on February 22nd. I would have loved to go on this trip to Israel and Palestine for so many different reasons. But seeing that the uh, February due date was four days um, before the flight that left, and grandchildren trump everything for me now, I didn't plan to go. Well, to make a long story short, uh, Oliver arrived two months early on December 30th. So much for those plans. Christmas Day this past year was another wonderfully enjoyable time for our family, as it always is on Christmas, despite the absence of our daughter Megan and her husband Victor, who moved to Louisville, Kentucky recently. But the next night, December 26th, I found myself sleeping in a hospital room with that daughter, in Louisville, after receiving one of those dreaded phone calls in the middle of the night um, that put me on that plane a few hours later, not in the plans. Megan was in and out of the hospital three times over a three-week span, resulting in the early birth of Oliver, who then spent four weeks in the neonatal intensive care unit. He today is a two-month-old, a healthy baby boy. But the many expectations that Megan had of pregnancy, birth, having a new baby, motherhood, became the experiences of others, but not her own, not in the plans. 
But that's her story to tell. While this is all going on, then my youngest daughter, Kate, is steadily moving towards her due date. At the end of January, another call from Louisville, another quick flight to help as Oliver is readmitted to the hospital, leaving a nervous Kate back home wondering her mom would make it for the birth of her child. Not in the plans. I ended up being there, but her dad almost missed it because Kaysen was five days late, and he had a flight to catch the very next day for a teaching engagement. I realize this might be a lot to keep up with. Sorry for all the details, but they're important um, and very significant to understanding how I came to living in the moment a little more able to do that. It hit me the hardest, and I wish Tom Phipps was here uh, because he's a part of the story, but I was in the children's hospital in Louisville, never been in a children's hospital before for any reason. Uh, sitting in a chair next to a huge bed with little Oliver sleeping peacefully in that chair. Megan is on the window seat resting. Um, a housekeeping staff woman is emptying trash in the room. And the phone rings, and it's Tom Phipps. He has no idea that I'm where I am because I flew out that very day to go there. And he has a question about Sunday morning snacks. So here we are, doing life, all of us, all of the, the players in that room. And it's a day of life, ordinary life for all of us. We're waiting the results of tests, which eventually showed no infection, so Oliver could go home the next day. But life was just happening there. The residents, nurses, meal servers, doctors, cleaning staff, and others became our companions during those different stays in the hospital and, the ho and doctor visits after that. God was at work in so many ways through each and every one of those people. As the verse says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. So while I was just on that phone, I'm talking to Tom, I'm realizing this is Tom. Because he didn't say who he was. I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see on the phone. This is Tom, and he's talking about snacks for Sunday morning, and he doesn't realize where I am. And it just, I just have the picture forever there of the lady emptying the trash and Megan on the window seat and me and, and it just the whole thing. And just, wow, it's like I need to live in the moment here. And all the different people all have, we, we got to know them. I mean, one of the nurses, Megan, said, can I be your friend after this? And so... It just, that was life at that time. Instead of wanting and waiting and wishing for it to be over, right then. It's like, I'm going to be present right now, right here. And then, and there's what Jesus is saying. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And trust him for what might come tomorrow. When the what might come tomorrow, I felt like I was living right then. A few weeks later, back in New Braunfels, Kate would be assisted in the birth of her baby boy, Kaysen, by the same nurse, Cindy, that helped me give birth to my son 27 years earlier. Who could plan that? I used to think that living in the moment only referred to the good times. Live in the moment, enjoy it, take all that you can out of life. But I think differently now. Um, whatever it might be that is happening, not that we're to enjoy that when it's very difficult, but at the time, I can trust God to help me deal whatever is coming up and what has come up right then. And so if I'm living 
according to just the words of this one verse, then life works so much better for me. It doesn't mean that we don't make any plans and that we sit idly by and just let life happen or fly by the seat of our pants. There are plenty of references to planning in the Bible. I just picked out a couple that um, I remember and think about a lot. Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. In Proverbs 16, 9, the mind of man, my, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Neither does it mean that, as I just said, I enjoy or I'm happy about the particular circumstances when they're hard, painful, and trying. I try to talk out loud to God, and I encourage everybody to do that because it really helps me. And tell him exactly how I feel. He knows. Whether it's something really, really good or something really terrible, and I walk all through my house, and I will tell him, I hate this, I hate this. I can't change it, but I hate it. And I know he hates it, too. And I can be loud, whatever. If I'm extremely happy, I can dance around the house. And um, it just seems to take the sting out of the bad, and it increases my gratitude in the good. So if you haven't tried that, I'd encourage you to try it. Talking out loud and expressing the feelings, whatever, the great and the bad. I made a list of some of the very real things that are happening in the lives of people around me, in our lives, in those around us, near and far. It's kind of a long list, and I don't want it to be depressing, but it's real life. And so how do we live in the moment of these real-life things, giving our entire attention to what God is doing right now in the midst of them, not getting worked up about what may or may not happen, and trusting God to help us deal with whatever hard things are coming up. All right, ready? Here they are. Loss of a job, change in a job, demotion, unhappiness in our job, death of a spouse, a parent, a child, sibling, friend, any loved one, deteriorating health, any change in our health, surgeries, big and small, pressure from peers, cancer. It's just spread like wildfire. I just can't keep up with the people that I know and am praying for that have cancer. Inability to have children, effects of having fought in a war, wondering where the person is I'm going to marry. Is there someone for me? Are they out there? Is it ever going to happen? Aging parents to care for, divorce, breakup of any relationship. Even as a teenager, it's devastating. Adult children whose parents divorce, People think it's, oh, it's much easier than their adults. It's devastating. Any severing of relationship of any kind. What college will accept me? Can I do it? Single parenting, betrayal, estrangement from children or parents, a move to a new city, town, school, neighborhood, floods, tornadoes, any weather-related disaster, debt, transitioning from elementary to middle school, middle to high school, high school to college, back to college after years being out, out of college, now what? Matt, changing majors, what do I do? Going to affect my life. Decisions made by our loved ones that affect us. Older children and teenagers, plus, that have little or no parental involvement with them. Children, children have painful and difficult days. Um, a four-year-old said, you know it was a good day if you didn't hit or bite anyone. <laughs> so for them, that's their reality. So I try to get everybody, children and teenagers and college and young 20s and all the way up to 80s and 90s. Um, to sum it all up, what I've found is when things are not what I expect them to be, 
then I become disillusioned, and it's really difficult. And I think all these things fall into that. I didn't expect it to be like this. And every season of life for me has had that, and I, I keep telling people I would like to write a book about all the things that no one ever told me about big things of life, having children, getting married, uh, getting older, aging, having older children, having grandchildren, uh, just multiple, oh, golly, so many things. Uh, it would be hard to write because it would be a little raw and earthy and intimate and all those things, but I really would like somebody to have prepared me a little more for all of these things. Maybe I wouldn't be so, gosh, I didn't know it was going to be like that. It was not what I expected. And then we have to work through that. So all these things apply to we don't expect it. Can we give our entire attention to what God is doing right now and not get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow? Especially if that time is now. And there aren't any exceptions. Jesus doesn't say, well, but when this happens or this or this or this, it doesn't apply. It covers every single circumstance. Another thing I try to do to be able to appreciate and live in the moment, whether that moment is in a hospital room, it's attending a memorial service, it's in the back of an ambulance, or it's listening to someone's horrific story of abuse, which are all things I've done in the last three months. Or it's the great things, holding a baby in my arms, celebrating a birthday, laughing at a very funny movie, enjoying really fun time with friends, beholding the beauty of nature. What is the thread that helps me in all of that is perspective. I googled a list of ongoing conflicts in the world, and there were so many. I wanted to put a map up, and I didn't know how to do that. Here's just a few. Colombia, Afghanistan, Mexico, Pakistan, Iraq, Sudan, Yemen, Syria, Somalia, Israel, Palestine, Nigeria, Congo, Niger Delta, Egypt, Libya, Kenya. It goes on and on and on. Most of the continent of Africa was covered with a shade of blue. And are there not believers in every single one of these places who have to work out the truths of all these passages that we read, like this one? Uh, they have to wrestle through those as well as I. What does it look like for them as they read that passage and have to live it out? What can I learn from them to help me live it out in my reality? I don't think we can ignore them because they're on another continent and we can't relate to what they go through. So perspective is huge to me, to put things in perspective, not to minimize the things that we go through, but to really keep it in perspective. In perspective. When I get overwhelmed with the suffering in the world, I turn to beauty. I, I have to. Um, I know, well, Mr. Ron, we always pick on you. Um, but Pinterest is something that I have gotten a lot of pleasure from. It's uh, something on the computer. And Ron's like, oh, that Pinterest, you know, it's addictive. It is addictive. But when, any, when I, I read about um, in Somalia, they take children out of classrooms and turn them into soldiers and other horrific things. And I, just, I could not contain what that felt like to know that that's happening in the world right now. So I turned to that place, Pinterest, where people put up beautiful things, whether it's nature or a house or decorations, or recipes, or clothing, or children. It's all that is beautiful to me in the world. And I can pick any kind of subject on there. It's like, okay, it, it's, there's beauty just driving here today. It, it's beautiful, and the birds are singing, and the flowers are blooming in the mountain laurel. You can hear 
And I have to balance the two of those because it, the suffering and the pain and the injustice, I see it every day, and it, it really bothers me. So I have to turn to the beauty. And in doing that, I've learned to do the same thing with personal sorrows or pains or difficulties. So in conclusion, may we encourage one another to try to live in the moment, not always looking to the future unknown event that we think will make everything better. Or when this happens, then we'll be truly happy. Or despair of things ever changing. The verse before Matthew 6.34 says, Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. I know sometimes we have lots of verses and passages full of verses, and I try to read just one because usually one is packed with so much. If I just really sit and think about it, read it out loud, it's just, it'll take my lifetime to just do that. So I don't have, have very many, just a little. But it seems like a lot, and it's a lot for me. Um, if you feel like that it's really hard to live in the moment, you can't. Um, the seize the day, that's the, they can get us all excited and, you know, seize the day. Well, you might be overwhelmed with what is difficult in life right now and unable to trust God. Um, you could be hurting. You can't have, get a better perspective. Um, you want to live more like this, but you can't. Um, I really want to ask God to help us to be able to do that. And I, mean, I think I've probably taken half the time of, of what it usually takes <laughs> to give a message. Um, but before we go get children, I would really like to just ask God to come and take care of us in these ways. And then if you want to be, have someone pray for you, I would like people that do that in our community um, that pray for others. And I don't really know if we have enough from that are trained in ministry team things, but if you have been, I would love to invite you to come to the front. And I know... A lot of times it's hard to have somebody pray for us, and it happens much less, and I would like to see it happen. It took me a long time to ever get out of my seat, but I was glad when I did. Uh, but we all struggle with this, and um, you know, I'm in my 50s, and I think I'm finally beginning to get it just a little bit. And so I really want us to encourage each other to try to live in the moment, now, just like now, instead of thinking where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do later and get this done. Right now, this is the time that we have. We don't know what's going to happen later today. You know, all these phone calls over the last three months, you know, I, every time I heard the phone ring, I was, you know, it would ring in the middle of the night, uh, anytime, and I didn't know if it's distress or it's joy. And, you know, I, I couldn't live that way. And so um, I would really like for us to be able to do this. Maybe you're better at it than I am. Um, but if we could, just to pray for each other, that we could, could do this, you know. Jesus knows that we can't without his help. Life can be overwhelming. Um, that was a, a pretty long list, and that's real life. Um, I get the prayer requests and send them out, and so it's just can be overwhelming, um, the things that are happening. So um, I will pray, and then if you would like to pray for others, if you'll just step up here and just make it very casual and informal. You don't have to go get your kids till you know, 1230. And so let's just do that. Okay.
Father, thank you that you know us so well and you love us so much. And all these things get, that can overwhelm us, um, that's what you came for. You came to set things right. And we need you to set things right in our lives. And we are so grateful for the good. There's so much, and we're really, really grateful for it. Um, and we thank you that you promised to turn the bad somehow into good. You promised to comfort us and to just never leave us, calm our fears, uh, to lead us in the decisions that we make. Um, your promises are rich and many. They're hard to grasp onto sometimes, especially when, the, when we're in the midst of pain. So Lord, help us to encourage each other today. Um, thank you for the beautiful sunshine after the rain. Um, thank you for your spirit that we need so much and that you yourself, God, your presence lives within us. Uh, just to even grasp that is, a, is an, a lot. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. We need you. Uh, we want you to do things in our lives. We want you to transform us. We want you to um, enable us to see the good that outshines the bad. and um, We need your help to walk through difficult things. Um, you walk through extreme difficulty, so you can do that for us. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and minister to us, love on us, um, change us, comfort us. Um, we need your power and your strength and something way beyond us to live in the moment, to seize the day, to be grateful, and as we need your help. And so send your grace and your mercy to us afresh today, Lord, and do what you would want to do. We love you, and we praise you, and we thank you for our time together. In your name, amen.